0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to A Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we've got some breaking news audio for you with our man from NJ.com, Mr. Matt Stipulkowski. Matt, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, Scott? How you doing today? Doing pretty good, and I'm surprised that something would break on a random Tuesday here in February, but it looks like it has Report from Manish Mehta of the Daily News saying that the Jets are looking to hold on to Leonard Williams. They want him to be a part of their future, and they are not going to be shopping him as a lot of people had anticipated. What do you have on this?
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, Manish wrote here that uh, the Jets don't plan on dealing him. Uh, they plan on you know keeping him around for. Next year, uh, on his fifth year option, which is for $14.2 million, and that they are open to a uh, team friendly extension. Uh, and Manish also wrote that no, uh, substantive contract extensions, uh, discussions, excuse me, have, uh, ha- happened so far. So, uh, certainly interesting, some interesting news from Manish this morning. And, uh, you know, it's, it is an interesting development in their off-season, just because Obviously, the, the pass rush defensive line should be a focus of, uh, you know, what they do in free agency in the draft this year. So if Leonard Williams is indeed sticking around, that'll kind of help shape, uh, you know, what moves they make over the next few months.
1: It seems to me that what would happen here with the Jets if they are going to hold on to him is that they're going to see how he does In that 4-3 system, they're going to see who else they add, whether it's a big name like Flowers, whether they make a move in the draft, which is possible. They could get Quinn and Williams at number 3, for example. See how he works in that scheme. And then really, realistically, if the Jets aren't playing well, they could deal him at the deadline, or they could franchise tag him and then trade him, or they could even let him walk for a compensation pick, a third rounder. I'm not sure how much better of a deal they would get at this point anyway, that all makes sense to you, right? That that would be their thinking here?
0: Yeah, that all all does make sense. I mean, it's not a big surprise to me that they would keep him around, at least for next year. Uh, What would be at least a little bit surprising is if they decided to ink him to a contract extension, especially given the fact that the Jets are going to be switching defensive schemes here. You would think that they kind of want to see how he he fits with Greg Williams and fits in this defense, uh, especially if he – kind of slides toward the interior in the new 4-3 here. So, uh, you know, if they do ink him to an extension before the season and before he kind of proves himself in this new system, that would be uh, certainly an interesting development. But uh, no big surprise, I don't think, if if they keep him around for uh, 2019 at that $14.2 million figure, the fifth-year option that they had picked up last year. That would not be uh, particularly surprising.
1: As Manish said, if they do ink him to a long-term deal now, you would assume it would be something that's extremely team-friendly. Although, Matt, I will say this whole report neglects the fact that it could very well be posturing on the Jets' side of this because they could be leaking this out there to try and entice teams to give them godfather offers, so to speak, as if to say, hey, we're not trading Leonard Williams, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and then teams that really want him come and say, You're not trading Leonard Williams. Would you trade him for a first-round pick or something like that?
0: Yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, obviously, this is still kind of in the early stages. It just got floated out there. So, uh, you know, we'll see what kind of emerges on that front the next few days and weeks here. But, uh, you know, at least in the interim here, it does look like the Jets will – you holding on to him, and uh, you know we'll have to just kind of see if anything develops from that point forward.
2: While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill.
1: A lot of things developing on the front of recruitment, at least involving Jamal Adams. He's out there on Twitter trying to recruit Le'Veon Bell to the point where now Le'Veon Bell's responding to him and they're talking about having meetings in Los Angeles. As much as I love this, Matt, this has got to be towing that line between tampering and doing something improper, right? I know technically it's not against the rules, but I almost feel like this is going to force the league to address this and make a rule.
0: Yeah, I... At this point, I have no idea what tampering is in the NFL. Obviously, I mean, all of this stuff, I think, in, in the NBA and other leagues would probably raise some red flags. Uh, Jamal, for a while now, I mean, after week 17, he started kind of, he name-checked Bell in his post-game press conference, and, you know, when he was saying that the Jets need to pick up some, you know, big-name players, some better players. Uh, He's been tweeting about Bell, uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, at one point, he tweeted about D Ford, and then he deleted that one. So, uh, you know, Adam did say after that week 17 game that he planned on doing some recruiting this offseason and kind of fill in that LeBron role for the Jets. And uh, so far it's, it seems like he's been kind of keeping to his word, Th- though it is interesting that he uh, is kind of having this back and forth with Bell on Twitter just about a week after, uh, you know, he was down in Atlanta for the Super Bowl, And uh, he mentioned that he had had lunch with Bell's agent, but then kind of, Quickly backpedaled on it and said it wasn't really a recruiting thing and that he and his own agent just happened to be having lunch with Bell's agent because the two agents are friends or, or something to that effect. So, uh, you know, he's kinda, he kind of, he kind of shot away from it last week and now he's leaning into it very publicly on Twitter this week. So, uh, you know, it, it does seem like Adams is kind of fulfilling that recruiter and chief role that he uh, kind of promised to fulfill.
1: Rumor has it that he's also recruiting Anthony Davis, so we'll see if he goes to the Lakers (laughs) or the New York Jets because Jamal Adams is trying to get in there and compete with LeBron James. But Jamal Adams is probably the face of the franchise at this point, at least on the defensive side of the ball, certainly the one that's out there on the forefront as opposed to Sam Darnold who's more of a quiet guy, a guy who was also quite a talker in his day and who was out there at the forefront was Joe Namath back when the Jets won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 3 in the 1968 season and finally in January of 1969. And so, it is of course fitting that as Jamal Adams looks to try and bring the Jets to their next Super Bowl, the guy who brought them to their one and only Super Bowl, had to present the Lombardi Trophy at the Super Bowl to the winners, the New England Patriots.
0: Yeah, just just when you think you know, life can't get much more painful for Jets fans, they have to watch uh, you know, their franchise icon walk down, holding the trophy between all the Patriots and then, and then hand it all over. I mean, uh, as if... Sunday couldn't have gotten uh, much tougher for Jets fans, kind of watching Tom Brady and Belichick and that crew do it again for a sixth time. But then to see that one after the game ended just had to be uh, twisting the knife for, for Jets fans that had already had a, you know, a rough season in their own right, watching the Jets struggle to a, a tough record, and then watching the Patriots do their thing yet again. Uh, you know, Just uh, insult to injury, rubbing salt in the wounds uh, on Sunday night when Namath had to make that walk.
1: As much as I hate to say this, I don't care anymore. (laughs) I'm at the point where I've been beaten into submission with the Patriots. It happened a couple of years ago where I used to get really upset when the Patriots win, and now I just accept it and have moved on with my life. Brian Bassett and I have joked about this. We both feel like we're... Ali in the jungle against Foreman, laying up against the ropes, waiting for the champ to tire himself out. But unfortunately, we've been taking that beating for the last 20 years. (laughs) So we're still waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. But I don't mind anymore. I'm at the point where I'm numb to it. When the Patriots won, my father was texting me all upset. I can't believe the Rams blew this. I just didn't care. And I don't understand why anybody is bothered by it anymore at this point. It's over with. It's been 20 years. They're going to just keep dominating. Make your peace with it is the way I look at it. And it doesn't mean that I'm not rooting against them. Don't get me wrong. I don't want them to win, but I'm not super emotionally invested. So it didn't bother me a ton that Joe Namath had to give the Super Bowl trophy to the New England Patriots, although I'm sure it made a lot of nice headlines for a lot of publications both locally and locally and nationally. Matt, let me ask you a little bit about another great player in Jets history besides Joe Namath, who was in the news this past weekend, and that of course is Kevin Mawai, the all-time great center, multiple-time All-Pro not only for the Jets, but also later in his career for the Tennessee Titans and as I mentioned with Chris Nimbley on Sunday, it's amazing that he was able to be an All-Pro at 38 years old at the center position for the Tennessee Titans, but he was able to do that. We talked about the career of Kevin Mawai on Sunday, but I was curious if you have the lowdown on how this decision was made, what Mawai's reaction was, so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. So uh, kind of a cool scene, Uh, you know, it's, it's tradition at this point that, uh, you know, guys that are up for the hall of fame are kind of, you know, milling about in the city that the super bowl is in. And so Mawai was in his hotel room and in keeping with tradition, he kind of got a knock on his hotel room door uh, to let him know that he had made the hall of fame. And, Uh, It was a cool scene. Uh, You know, he and his wife uh, got the news and then kind of broke down from there from uh, all accounts. And uh, just a a really emotional moment for him, Uh, you know, third straight year that he was one of the modern era finalists. And, uh, you know, he had missed out on it, obviously, the the two years prior to sort of finally get over that hump and get into the Hall of Fame was was clearly uh, a special moment for him and, and something that meant a lot to him. Uh, and is probably something that he will uh, never forget moving forward here
1: One question I wanted to ask before you go Matt I know that on Super Bowl Sunday you had to go down to Monmouth Racetrack And check out and see if anybody won anything big or lost anything big Any kind of crazy cool stories there that you might have to run with Because now gambling is legal in the state of New Jersey So, for a little humor, did anything happen? Did you see anything wild? Uh
0: no nothing crazy it was uh, a pretty low key scene at the the sports book though uh there was one fan that apparently in New Jersey I don't know if they they placed the bet uh in person or if they did it on you know one of the apps but via William Hill which is the the book that runs the uh, Monmouth Park sports book and they have their apps and stuff of course as well uh, someone put sixty thousand dollars on the Rams to cover so that person is having a pretty bad start to their week.
1: <laughs> I'll bet That's one of those things where You look back and wish you had that DeLorean Like Michael J. Fox And Christopher Lloyd in Back to the Future So you could undo that decision But unfortunately that's the risk you take When you gamble Were there a lot of people there? Was it a crowded scene With the people that were gambling for the Super Bowl?
0: No, not particularly And I think uh, you know That might have something to do with the fact that uh, This was obviously the first Super Bowl since Uh, sports gambling has been legal in jersey so uh it's not really kind of embedded in the culture fully yet Uh, obviously you can place bets on your phone if you're in new jersey so uh super bowl parties obviously such a big thing people kind of have their routines and their rituals and traditions on the super bowl so uh, i think for the most part people stuck to those uh especially going out on a, a sunday night isn't exactly appealing to a lot of people so uh, it was relatively low key and got lower and lower key as the uh, the snooze fest dragged along. So uh, it was a, a pretty docile scene with the sports book on Sunday night.
1: Matt Stibulkowski is the beat reporter over at NJ.com that tag teams with Daryl Slater to make the best tag team on the New York Jets beat. Like I always say, they're like the legion of doom for the Jets beat. Hawk and Animal. Which one would you be, Hawk or Animal, Matt?
0: I'm not going to lie to you. I will go with, uh, with Hawks. Hawks are cool.
1: <laughs> He's also the one that used to jump off the top rope, so that means Daryl has to hold the guy on his shoulders for the Doomsday Device. So let's get Daryl in the gym pumping the iron so he can start holding the opposing team beat writers on his shoulders for you to come off the top rope and slam <laughs> him down as we get ready for free agency coming up in the next couple of weeks we'll have you and daryl on a bunch so i'm really looking forward to that matt thanks so much for coming on for anybody that doesn't know where to find you why don't you go ahead and let them know and let them know what they have in store for them up at nj.com over the next few days
0: perfect yeah and i think that analogy works too because i've got a bigger frame than daryl so i think i would do some more damage coming off the top rope but
2: uh
0: (laughs) for uh anyone looking to to find some jets stories and stuff uh, head over to my Twitter at M underscore Stipple that's S-T-Y-P-U-L-K-O-S-K-I where you can go to NJ.com slash jets, and uh, all the the stuff will be up there every uh, day as we move along toward free agency uh, you know we've got some looks at uh each position that the Jets kind of need to fill and kind of their options at each spot. And uh, we've got some NFL combine previews coming up over the next couple of weeks, too. So plenty of uh, stuff on both the, the free agency and draft front uh, in the works here.
1: You heard the man. Go check out his work at NJ.com and go follow him on Twitter as well. Thanks, Matt.
0: Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60 game sprint
1: A little roundtable action with one of my favorite writers over at TurnOnTheJets.com. Makes people a lot of money throughout the season with his best bet gambling tips. Also been a key contributor to our Christmas and Thanksgiving Day roundtables. So I'm really glad that he was able to find a few minutes to come on and expand on his thoughts about the Jets and talk about what he thinks they should do in the 2019 offseason. Mr. Jake Benacquisto, Jake, what's going on, man? Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me on, man. Hey, Jake, glad to have you, man, and thank you so much for helping me make some money during the 2018 football season, <laughs> by the way, before we get into the discussion on what the Jets should do.
0: I should have been reading last season. This season was not as good. Uh, over, <laughs> I think five games under 500. Or no, I won the Patriots, so I think I finished five games under 500 for the year, but rough year. It was good last season, but I'll bounce back next year.
1: Listen, nobody's perfect except Mike McCagnin in the eyes of Jets' ownership, apparently, because he's back for another year. Let's talk about that before we move on to Adam Gase. What do you think? Should Mac have been given another year as general manager?
0: I mean, if it was up to me, I'd probably have clean house because you have this opportunity with Sam Darnold and his rookie contract, and I know he got Sam Darnold, so he deserves credit for that. But he had this opportunity to fully clean house, get a new scouting department, you know, new uh guys from the draft and i understand why the team didn't want to do it you want to clean house with the coaching staff and you want to have some continuity in place with the front office i i probably would have gone the other way we'll see what uh, mccagdon can do i think working with heimerdinger is definitely going to help him out in the future i think we obviously saw he executed the trade so if they're working together and Heimerdinger has a lot of input on player personnel i don't care as much about mccagdon uh But he's got he's got you you, got to find his players. I mean, the pressure is on now. I think this off season you could argue is probably the most important in recent Jets history because you have your coach in place, you have this entire staff, and you just all this cap space. You have to nail the draft, and you have to nail uh, free agency.
1: Let's talk about the guy who is going to be McCagnan's partner in crime now. Adam Gase he comes in after leaving the Miami Dolphins under some not-so-great circumstances. He's replacing Todd Bowles now, and he stays within the division. What do you think? Good move, bad move, somewhere in the middle?
0: I'm a little in the middle. I mean, I listened to your podcast about Adam Gates, and I was pretty convinced that the Jets should stay away from him. Uh, You saw the, the, the issues he had with players, Frank Gore, Jarvis Landry. That kind of stuff bothers me, and also just he didn't win in a lot of games. I mean, he they went and they made the playoffs in his first season in 2016, but that was about it. I didn't really have much success. And of course, as soon as the Jets hired him, I was upset. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna talk myself into this because I have no other options. And you know, it's just kind of what we do as Jets fans. But I do kind of want to see him with Sam Darnold because I think you could argue that Sam Darnold might be the smartest quarterback he's had since Peyton Manning. I I don't think Tan is good at all, and I think I think Gase's record with Tannehill in Miami was like thirteen and eleven, so he won more than he lost with Tannehill at quarterback. Tannehill couldn't stay healthy, so I, I'm really interested to see how him and uh, Darnold work together. And Darnold loves him, so I mean, he's a 21 year old kid; he's probably gonna you know be excited about any of these offensive guys. But it's all about that relationship. I think. I think if Sam Darnold and Adam Gase click, and I think if they get on the right pay, on the same page for offense, and the Jets score a lot of points, they're they're gonna win games. Uh, we saw a few times in 2018. When Stan Darnold's comfortable, they put up 30-plus points, which we haven't seen the Jets do that in a while, where they're scoring that much uh, as often as they did this season, which wasn't even a lot, but more than recent years.
1: If Darnold and Gase are going to succeed, they're going to need some help in the form of an infusion of talent between the draft and free agency. Free agency comes up before the draft, so let's start there. We'll save Le'Veon Bell for last, as I always like to do, because he's the main event. Tell me some free agents and some positions that you think the Jets should target in this offseason.
0: I mean offensive line to me is the absolute biggest it's the biggest need on this team. I think you can live with uh, Kelvin Beacham and Brandon Shell, hopefully he's healthy. I think you can live with those two guys that tackle for the next season. Obviously you want to replace the left tackle at some point because you want to franchise left tackle, but Beachum can I think Beecham can go for another year. I think the entire the both guard positions and center have to be replaced. And if you can't do that, you have to at least get a starting center. You need at least starting left guard because the interior offensive line was the biggest problem. Uh One of the biggest problems for the offense. I think, I mean, Spencer long was obviously terribly couldn't snap the ball. The guards were bad. Uh Carpenter's going to be gone. I don't know if they'll bring back winners, maybe for depth. I wouldn't mind it, but I honestly hope they, I don't know if it's possible because it's going to be tough to, you know, replace three positions on the line like that. But if you can replace those three, I think that'll make such wonders for Sam Darnold going into year two and the offense as a whole.
1: Let's talk draft. Now we talked about free agency in the draft, the jets pick third and then they have picks in the third round, two of them, and then picks the rest of the way. So what do you think? First of all, should they sit at number three and make a selection or trade down If they stay at three, who do you like? If they trade down, who are some guys that you like? And are there any mid-to-late round guys that you think would be a good idea? Any positions in particular as well?
0: Yeah, so if they stay, I mean, it all depends on free agency, obviously. We just talked about the offensive line. If they don't get a guy like Roger Saffold or Matt Paradis in free agency, I think you have to address the offensive line in the first round if you don't get at least one starter in free agency, which they will. I'm I'm sure they'll get a center, but... It depends on the kind of depth they have Free agency. Uh, if we're staying at three, I think I would be more uh, – I, I think I'd rather take an edge rusher if they stay at three just because of how loaded the draft is. It's like quarterbacks last year where it's kind of rare we have this many edge rushers like Josh Allen, uh, Colin Terrell, all these guys, even uh, – I don't know if Rashawn Garrett can play on the edge, but I didn't really watch a lot at Michigan. But you have all these really talented defensive linemen and the Jets, and I don't want interior linemen. I want an edge rusher, but if the Jets can nail uh, – can get an edge rusher that can be you know the next john abraham or something that, I, mean, I mean i think you have to do that at three i'd kind of prefer to trade back if you can go back to seven or six you know trade back with uh you know maybe the jaguars and and then go get a guy like jonah williams i think that's probably my number one option because i don't know where you're acquiring you're you're getting more assets for later in the draft but you're also getting like a franchise left tackle and maybe you can play left guard in the first season push him out the left tackle after the season but yeah, so I'd say if you're staying at three, probably take an edge rusher like Josh Allen or Cleland Farrell. If not, I'd like to trade back and go get an offensive lineman.
1: Let's talk Le'Veon Bell now. What are your thoughts? Should the Jets back up the truck, give him as much money as possible and get him in the door? Or do you think it would be a bad idea because of Bell's baggage in terms of injury, suspension, so on and so forth?
0: I absolutely would go after Le'Veon Bell. It's kind of a no-brainer to me. I'm a little bit worried that he hasn't played football in a year and they're going to have to Test him out and make sure he's in good shape still and everything. And you can't really, uh, you can't really be in good football shape like without playing football. So it's going to be tough. Uh, they're going to have to bring him along slowly, probably. But I mean, you, you saw that in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. This guy is one of the most dynamic running backs in the league. His teammates all say he's a Hall of Fame talent. He's a Hall of Fame, you know, type runner. And you, you have the cap space. It just it would make no sense for the Jets not to pursue him if they if they lose out to a team like the Buccaneers or the Colts. Maybe, you know, it'd be another case of McCagnan missing out on a big player. But I think if I think if you assign him, it's just it'll do so much for the offense. Not even as a runner. I mean, you can line him up as a receiver. You saw Alvin Kamara in the playoffs. He was playing out in the slot and out wide as a receiver so many times. Same with guys like uh, Todd Gurley when he was healthy. Do so much for the offense, and it's such a Security blanket for Sam Donald. I just think it makes absolutely 100% sense for them to go after Le'Veon Bell and free agency.
1: Last question, Jake, and it doesn't have anything to do with the product on the field. The uniforms, what do you think is the best route that they should go as far as the colors and the look? And do you think that ultimately the Jets are going to hit a home run here or are they going to disappoint the fans?
0: I think there's a lot of hype around the uniforms. So I would assume that they're going to, you know, they're doing this for a reason. There's going to be. Uh, some sort of change that everyone's going to be, you know, a fan of. I saw that there's a black alternate uniform, which I, I'm actually a fan of. I mean, I've seen some uh, some stuff online. I don't know how accurate it is, but I definitely want to change the logo. I think uh, whether you're keeping the lo- logo and you know making it look a little different, or just doing a completely different logo, I think that'll be interesting. I like the kind of idea of like, all right, we have a new quarterback, new team, new direction. We're kind of changing things up. So I do like that aspect of it, but I've seen some stuff online. I don't know about you, but there's some really ugly uniforms out there. So they better nail this because I, I really don't have that much problem with what they have now. But if they get better uniforms, I mean, I'm all for it.
1: My whole philosophy on the uniforms is just win. I don't care what yeah, the uniforms exactly. look like; just win some football games. <laughs> I mean, don't let
0: don't let that be more important than winning games and you know keeping Sam Donald comfortable. Like, but who knows? I mean, I really. I really think we're going to get the uniform soon. I mean, I think Joe mentioned that it, it might be in April, or early April they'll release it. So, I mean, I'm a lot more concerned about who they're getting in free agency in the draft, but it'll be interesting to see what the uniforms look like.
1: Will those new uniforms be put on Le'Veon Bell, or will Le'Veon Bell go elsewhere? That'll be the big question of free agency. And which draft pick at number three, or if they trade down another slot, will be wearing the new Jet uniform that is to be continued as well. And when we do know that information, I would like to have Jake Benequisto back to talk more about it because he did such a great job today. Jake, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it. Hope you'll get more involved with the podcast side here at TOJ. For anybody that's unfamiliar with you, doesn't know where to find you, go ahead and let him know.
0: Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jake Benequisto. Uh, you know, I tweet a lot a lot of the articles. I share stuff from TOJ. I'm not a big tweeter, but I'll be I'll be back in the free in the off season. Talking free agency, talking to draft, stuff like that. So, follow me at Jake Benequisto. Probably can't spell that. It's B E N A Q U I S T O. But yeah, thanks a lot, guys. It was a lot of fun. I definitely want to come back sometime.
1: Thanks, Jake, and thank you for listening. Make sure you follow Jake on Twitter. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn On The Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.